Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. And uh, to get us started today, I want to actually talk about a friend of mine. Uh, many of you will know him because he's part of the church family here at Cornerstone, but we'll bring his picture up on the screen. And I want to talk today about my friend, Doug Southworth. How many of you guys know Doug? All right, many of you, many of you know Doug. Uh, and mostly, I think most of you, a lot of people know Doug because Doug is just an awesome guy. Uh, but I started to think about uh, our teaching for today, and I immediately thought of Doug. And, and the reason I thought about Doug uh, is because I was thinking back to a few weeks ago, and I was thinking thinking back, back to all the things that Doug did in a matter of just a couple of weeks. And uh, even before this morning started, I didn't even have this in my notes. I was in the booth this morning before first service and Doug texted me. He said, hey, I want you to know that I'm not going to be there this morning because I, uh, he's got a buddy of his who's out in Colorado who's moving to Grand Rapids. And so, of course, because Doug is who he is, he goes and he, he literally drove out there and helped this guy move. And he's, he said, we're just on the other side of Omaha right now, so I won't be there this morning. And so then I was like, oh, this totally is fitting for Doug because because I was thinking back to when uh, a couple weeks ago, if you remember, December 20th, Doug was our teacher that weekend. So he taught the, the two services, the message that Sunday. The following Sunday, he ran sound for both services in, in the back of the booth, as well as in the midst of that, also took photos during the message time so we could post on our social media. Um, the next week, uh, oh no, that same week, he came to the church and he installed a phone line here at the church. Uh, Doug is a man of many talents, and so he actually knows how to run phone lines. So he run, ran a second phone line for us here at the church. The following Sunday, he, ran, uh, he led worship here at the church uh, for all the services. Weekly, he changes our website for us. Live stream, uh, he sets all of that up for us for our live streaming online. He's working currently to, uh, on the specs and volunteers and everything to build a wall right here in the auditorium so that we can have uh, a little bit of a sound barrier from the kids. So he's literally the, uh, at the helm leading all of that. And if all of that wasn't enough, in addition to, of course, working a full-time job, having a wife and three kids, uh, you guys remember a few weeks ago when we had the ice storm? You guys remember that a couple weeks ago and a lot of people lost power, those kind of things? Well, Doug lost power too. Um, and so this, this dude just is incredible. So he, uh, he has a generator though. So he had that generator hooked up, got his house kind of uh, nice and toasty and warm. And then what he did uh, for the rest of the day on Saturday, because uh, power went on on Friday, for, uh, for after he woke up in the morning, detached the generator from his house and took his generator from house to house to house to house of people, friends, family, many of them here at Cornerstone Vineyard Church who did not have power just so they could get heat in their house for a few hours. Yeah, Doug is just incredible um, and just a lot, a lot of stuff. And then of course, then they get this text this morning says, hey, I'm helping a guy move and we're just on the other side of Omaha. I was like, of course, right? This is Doug. This is who he is. And so I start with Doug this morning uh, because beyond the fact that I get to call Doug friend, uh, Doug and I have been friends for quite some time. We've been doing ministry together for a, a long time. Uh, if you know the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 14, there's a, a conversation between Jonathan and his armor bearer that uh, they tell each other that they're are with each other, heart and soul. And so Doug and I, for a long time, and we look at each other, I'm with you, heart and soul, buddy. And he goes, I'm with you, heart and soul. So we've got this great friendship. But beyond uh, being able to call uh, Doug a friend and be uh, just a partner in ministry, the thing that I, if I had to uh, describe Doug in, in two words, I would use these two words, great servant. Great servant. And you even heard somebody go, mm-hmm, over here, right? Because we know Doug, right? 
Doug is a great servant. There, there's something about Doug. It's, it's kind of what makes him who he is. Uh, this, this just, he's just willing to serve wherever, serve whomever he possibly can. He is a tremendous servant. And actually, he, uh, in his text this morning, he said, hey, I'm praying that the, the service goes really well. And I said, I'm talking about you. The service is going to go really great. And he goes, actually, that's why I'm praying. Um, and so, <laughs> but he's just, he's an awesome guy. And so, and so as I was thinking about Doug, to be really honest with you this morning, folks, I want to be more like Doug when I grow up. Like I want to, I want to be like Doug because there's something inside of Doug. It's almost kind of a, a need to serve. Like he just has to serve people. And, and I have some of that, but man, the, Doug is on a different level than me. And I, I want to be more like him. And, and I think the reason why Doug is this way is because Doug has been transformed by a holy God and he knows that his life is to be a life of service. Because by the way, you know, service is something God is all about right? A couple of scriptures. Galatians 5, 13 says, serve one another humbly in love. So it's pretty clear. Serve one another. First Peter 4, 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to, there it is, serve others, a faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. A couple more. Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. I think Doug does that a lot. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. And then finally, Galatians 6, 2, carry each other's burdens and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So all those are basically saying this, folks, serve. You can kind of sum up, being a follower of Jesus really is to be a servant, right? Those, those are equal to each other. To, to be a follower of Christ is to be a servant. And um, I think Doug, now is Doug perfect? No, ask his wife, he'll tell you, she'll tell you that, right? Like Doug's not perfect, okay? But I will tell you that I think that Doug has some stuff figured out in his life when it comes to serving other people. And to me, I, I want to be more like Doug. I, ultimately, I want to be more like Jesus because I think that's why Doug is who he is, is because he's trying to be like Jesus. And so I think this is a really good topic to, to jump into today. So I want you to hold this, that thought. I, we're in a series here at Cornerstone called Rhythms, Patterns for Living a Life that Spiritually Works. And what we're doing in this series, is we're looking at uh, patterns, rhythms that it's really good to have in place in our life, really to regularly do, not just every now and then, but these really rhythmic patterns so that we ultimately can be successful in life. And not, not I mean, it's great if we find emotional success or relational success or, uh, or financial success, but really what we're talking about is a life that spiritually works, a life that's spiritually successful, these rhythms. And over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about, right, spiritually self-feeding ourselves and that rhythm. Uh, last week, we talked about having balance and having a life that's balanced. And this week, we're going to talk about this idea of living a life of sacrifice and service. So our title today is Surrender, Serve to Live and Live to Serve. And we're going to talk about the value of having a regular rhythm of surrender, of surrendering our time, our energy, our resources, maybe even our finances for other people. And I would say this, I think this is a topic that most of us would agree, like that we're quite open to, Right? I think as human beings, like there are these moments that we have to serve other people, and I think we're open to it, but, but I think um, it often can sometimes get all bundled up with all of our, our own stuff, our own schedules and our own busyness and all those kind of things that we, we, we might miss some opportunities to serve. And so I think there's some really good stuff in our text today. So to lead us down this uh, path, we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 35. Got to bounce around just a little bit. But it says this in Mark 10, 35. It says, then James and John... The sons of Zebedee came to him, that's Jesus, and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Which, by the way, is a pretty bold statement. It says, what do you want me to do for you? 
They replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in glory. And Jesus replies, you don't know what you are asking. Skip to verse 41. When the 10 heard this, because again, they were the two of the 12, right, disciples. The other 10 heard this and they, came, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them all together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. And then here it is, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be, be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, some of you are familiar with that. You've heard this verse before, but again, I do think there's some really cool stuff in there that I want to pick apart uh, today. So before we do that, I want to pray. So if you would pray with me, and then I'll give you a couple things to think about. So God, we... Uh, we're grateful that uh, we are, can be together this morning. Um, God, I know that uh, I'm just grateful for these people that showed up in the building. God, I know there's lots of reasons to not be here this morning with the snow and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just grateful. So God, we come to you uh, being in your presence this morning, uh, just requesting, God, that you just do something supernatural among us. God, we don't come this morning to say, oh, yeah, it was great we did church and checked it off the box, but, but we really want to have an encounter with you and we want to be changed. We want you to change us, God. So we pray that in the midst of this time, not because of my efforts today, but solely because of the efforts of the Holy Spirit among us, that you would just make our hearts, our minds, our souls sticky and supernatural things would stick to us. They'd be more like Jesus as a result of our time together. We want to honor you with this time, so we give it to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we have just one point today. A couple of little subpoints you can fill in as well. So uh, we're going to talk about a rhythm of serving. So here you go, fill this in. Engage a regular rhythm of serving because life's best comes through putting others first. Life best comes through putting others first. Now, I, I think that, uh, you know, right, that's, like most of us agree, yeah, that's, that's a, a, a true statement. I think we get that. But it, we see it really in verse 43 of our text. It says in verse 43, it says, whoever wants to be great, I underline that, great among you must be your leader or your boss. No, it doesn't say that, right? It says must be your, say it with me, servant, right? Must be your servant. Now, um, so I, 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 when I was studying this text, I'm not sure if I've ever connected the, I, the word great and servant. Now, it kind of makes sense and whatever, all the kind of stuff. We'll get to that today. But I was like, wow, like there really is a va So if we want the best of life, folks, if we want the best, what that verse is telling us is what's going to be great, what's going to come, what's going to be great is not going to come from status or stuff. It's going to come through service. If you want to be great among you, serve. Now, I love it because uh, that's, uh, for, it's, it's like our human nature, right? It can be easy for us to get confused in that, can it? Right? When it's like uh, we, we, we want that promotion. And so maybe that's going to get us to where the great stuff is going to come. We just got to get to that promotion, get to that place. Or you know what? I, I, once I get my boat, then the greatness will come. By the way, that might actually be great. But you know what I'm saying, Right? Like we, we got to get, got to get, got to get this, this position, got to get that boat. But the, the reality is, is status and stuff won't get us there. And, and I love the fact that we even see in the disciples that they are confused here, didn't we? Right? If you look back at verse 37, this is James and John, and they request of Jesus, this, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other one at your left in glory. And so they're thinking to themselves like, hey, if we get this status, if you're on the right and I'm on the left, then man, this greatness is gonna come. And I love it because Jesus basically says, uh, hey guys, um, you really don't know what you're asking. 
right? Like you're kind of, this, you're out of your league here a little bit. And then he goes into this reality of like telling them that if like, guys, it's not going to be this. It's not going to be you on my left or, or my right. It's going to be by the fact of, of, of serving people. And so I think it's so easy for us to, uh, to live our lives in, in, in a way in which we seek greatness by the labels maybe you or your, somebody else can put on you. you. Tracking with me? Like sometimes we can live our lives for that label or, or that maybe somebody wants to put on us, or, but it's not gonna come by labels, greatness. It's gonna come by service. And so I was, uh, I was thinking about uh, how to illustrate this and I was, uh, you guys, how many of you guys are on Facebook? How many of you guys are on Facebook? Yeah, most of us are on Facebook. So uh, there's this thing called Facebook memories. I don't look at it very much, but sometimes it's kind of fun. Look at the Facebook memories. And we, Lee and I see our, our kids and when they're really little, when Elijah was a lot shorter than me and now he's a lot taller than me and all that kind of stuff. And so the other day, I happened to look at my Facebook memory and there was a Facebook memory that was, it was a post that somebody tagged me in. Uh, her name is Katie Milberger. Katie is part of our church. She's one of our coordinators here of our outreach team. And she posted this from our Christmas Eve service about me with this picture. And it'll come up on the screen. I'll read it to you. It says, uh, this is what it looks like when your pastor has a servant's heart. We've been part of a portable church, which meets in local elementary school for the last seven months. That means every service we set up and tear down our entire church. Our lead pastor, Matt Poorman, can often be seen hustling around, working right alongside our setup and tear down crews. Here he is on Christmas Eve, after giving the message, greeting everyone, building relationships with people, he helped tear everything down. This photo of him tearing down tables and putting them away is just one small glimpse into a moment of his work. And this actually choked me up this, this, this week when I was working on it. At that moment, I took this photo. His wife, Leah, his mom, Anita, and all three of his kids were also helping tear everything down as they do every single week. The entire Porn family is filled with servant hearts. I'm grateful to be led by a team of servants. Now, I don't uh, show you that today to ultimately uh, pat myself on the back, but I want to explain to you, which by the way, was pretty cool that, that, that Katie grabbed that and saw that because I made a decision long ago about how I wanted to lead. And uh, I think, you know, the reality is, is, is that uh, I could have said, right, so I am the lead pastor, right? And so I'm the head of this church. And so I could just let the setup and teardown crew do their thing. And, 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 and I could just show up at the end and I could just encourage them and, 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 and make a grand entrance at the end and, and all of that. Um, but I've decided, I decided long ago that I wanted to, I wanted to uh, never ask somebody to do something at the church that I'm never willing to do myself. And so uh, now, I tried. I tried really, really hard to always be the first one to show up. But some of you guys know Roger Fazette. Roger hasn't been around for, since COVID hit, but Roger would always beat me to the school. I'd get there at 6.45, he'd be there at 6.30. I'd get there at 6.30, he'd be there at 6.15, right? So he would beat me every week. He'd beat me, all right? But I tried. And, and because like, I wanted Roger to know, Roger, I care about you and I'm gonna be here with you. And I'm gonna make, if it's just you and I for the first 45 minutes, man, we're gonna talk, we're gonna hang out. We're gonna do this thing together. And, and I think that we've all experienced some people in our lives right? Uh, whether that's a boss or a family member or a coworker or something, that, that they, um, they get to this point where there's this status or this title they get. And, and so in their head, they're thinking, you know what? I, I've paid my dues. Somebody else can do that. And so they skip out on something and they, and they walk in and they do the grand entrance thing and all of that, right? Uh, but can I be very clear to you? And, and it's not where I want to be as a leader, but I want to be very, folks, that is a really crappy way to live life. To, to get to some level of some status, some thing that we've earned or we've achieved, and then, and then we can make the grand entrance. I know I said crappy in church. Sorry if I offended some of you. <laughs> but that is a really crappy way to live life. I said it again. 
Look, the reality is, is that the best of life will not come in status and be able to walk in with chest high and say, I'm the, I'm, I've got this status. You know what it's gonna be? It's gonna be the fact that, that when, when Roger feels cared for and loved by me because we're together putting the sound system together at the school at 6.15 in the morning. I mean, I think sometimes they might get those people out of something for a moment, but what happens, and we've been part of these, right? Then resentment in the team, morale in the team goes down, right? Like all this stuff happens. The greatness doesn't come from that. The greatness comes from, right? Some of you, you've had these great bosses and what makes them a great boss is because they're a servant boss, aren't they? It's because they're willing to be in the trenches with you and go after everything with you. And so, so I, t- I tell you that story not to pat ourselves on the back, but the reality is, is like we want to be a, a family. We want to be a church. Like my son, by the way, was out like shoveling after I made him shovel, but he was shoveling the driveway, right? This, this morning, right? And, and before he was shoveling, you know who was shoveling? You know who was shoveling this morning? I was shoveling. Now, I could have just said, you know, we got Jack and we've got these guys like Devin out there. We could, I could have said, hey, these guys are going to come. They're going to do it. And Jack actually said, Matt, what are you doing? This is stupid. Just don't do it, right? He's telling me that. But like the reality is, is like, I, I love Jack and I love Devin and I don't want them to go, oh, Matt, Matt just, he sits in the office and drinks coffee all day while we're out here busting our tail. No, I don't, I'm not above anybody else. Like ultimately, by the way, God called me to plant this church right? So I actually have some sense of the most responsibility of the biggest servant, right? And that's what I want to portray to us. And so again, I don't tell you that, but I think that there's something there that, that, that in the midst of, I think that Doug has some of that. It's something that I want more of. And ultimately, I think something more all of us need to be striving for. And if I can be really honest with you, um, there were times when we tore down at the school that I got hung up praying for somebody or, or somebody's going through a life crisis. And, uh, and so I got hung up. And, and by the time I got done with all of them, the, like the, the teardown was already done. Can I tell you something? I, I almost felt like I missed something. Like there was something in me like, oh, I missed the teardown. Now there were part of me that was like, okay, I don't have to work hard. But like the reality, like, like there was this thing like, oh, like because there was camaraderie with that group of people being able to serve together in the midst of it. And so I hope you get, you're getting the point is that folks, serving is the key to greatness, not status or stuff. And so let me go to the stuff side, right? Uh, last week I told you I'm doing my personal Bible time in the book of Luke. And so I read in Luke chapter 12 this week, uh, verse 15, it says this. It says, life, this was amazing. This was part of my message prep. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions, which is pretty clear, right? So when I'm talking about the, good, the greatness of life doesn't come, like if we want the best of life, it doesn't come with abundance of possessions, and in itself, it kind of makes my point. But then Jesus goes into, read it on your own time in Luke chapter 12 this week. But the, Jesus goes on to tell this parable after that uh, of this guy. He's a rich man and he, he's, he's a farmer and he has this really great harvest, okay? Uh, so much so that, that he doesn't have enough room to store all the harvest. And so instead of him saying, hey, maybe I could give some of this away. Maybe I can serve some other people. Uh, what he does, he goes, you know, I know what I'll do. I'll just build bigger barns so I can hold everything and then I'll be set for life. And it says in verse 20 of Luke 12, it says, God said to him, look at this, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you, then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? And so, so instead of being servant-minded, he was, he was self-preservation in it. And ultimately what, what ended up happening is by, by holding that in and holding all that stuff in, it didn't, it didn't do anything. It did, not, did no good for him in the end. But if I could rewrite the story, 
I was thinking, oh, but what kind of legacy would have been left if he would have said, you know what? I'll keep this small portion and I'll give 90% away. What kind of legacy would that have been for this, for this man? And so I think that there's, there's value, folks, in us looking at our lives and saying, where, is, where do I want more? Uh, where, if we want more greatness in our life, where, where can I serve, not, not get our stuff and our status? Verse 44 of the text says this. It says, and whoever wants to be first, look at this, must be slave, and I, of, and I, and I bolded this, slave of all. You know, I think we, um, in some senses, we shouldn't think that we even really get to choose. If I could go back to Doug Southworth for a minute, I mentioned earlier that he's a guy who kind of just does anything for anybody and whoever he can, all that kind of stuff. And man, I, I just, I, I find that so admirable. But I was thinking about Doug in the, the ice storm situation, right? If, I, I think that, um, right, Doug did this because of who God has created him and shaping him to be. And so he went to go serve people. But how many of you know, like that he probably would have preferred there just not been an ice storm. Like I would have preferred there not be, I, I didn't have power for four days, right? Like I would have rather there just not been an ice storm. And so, but see what Doug realizes is he doesn't get to choose. Like he could have had all these things that he wanted to do on Saturday, but he felt this prompting from God to say, I need to take this generator and I need to go help people make sure that they're warm over the next couple of days. And so, uh, you know, I didn't have this written on your handout. You may want to write this note. Folks, sometimes I think we, think we need to be willing to have a holy interruption. You can write, be willing to have a holy interruption. Write that on your handout. Be willing to have a holy interruption. I think in the midst of that, I think we can be so wrapped up in our own stuff that, that we can miss an opportunity to serve somebody else and miss the holy interruption and ultimately miss the, the greatness that might come at the end of that. Um, I tell you what, a lot of the people that Doug went and helped we're so darn appreciative. I mean, there's one, one of the people here at the church, they got two young, two young girls, and like they literally were wrapping up in blankets in the living room trying to stay warm, and Doug gave them heat for a few hours. And that matters. That big time matters. And so this idea of, of holy interruptions, I want to I bring up a, a, a story of the scripture. Acts chapter 8, you can check it out in your own time this week. But Acts chapter 8, there is the story of, of a guy named Philip, and uh, an Ethiopian eunuch, okay? Uh, Philip is a, a follower of Jesus. He's trying to spread the kingdom of God. He's out doing some things. Uh, and uh, as he's going from one place to the other, he, he has this, his life intersects with this guy uh, who is sitting in a chariot, reading the Bible, reading the book of Isaiah. It's the Ethiopian eunuch. I'll just tell you, you can, if you don't know what a eunuch is, you can look it up on your own time. Just don't look up any pictures, okay? So all that said, um, so he's, he intersects with this Ethiopian eunuch, okay? And so it says in verse 30 of Acts uh, 8, and it's an opportunity to serve. It says, uh, he says to him, he says, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch says, how can I? Unless someone explains it to me. So he invited, him, invited Philip up and, uh, to come up and sit with him. Skip to verse 35. Philip, in the midst of this ride and whatever they're traveling down the road, told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And I love this story because essentially, right? Like there was just this holy interruption. Like Philip was going from one place to the other and he might've he might just said, oh gosh, I got that appointment. I gotta go to the next town or whatever. But there was this guy on the road. He's sitting in a chariot and he's like, well, he's reading the book of Isaiah. He doesn't know what is going on. So he's like, hey, I guess I can tell him what's going on. 
And by, by being willing to step into a holy interruption, this guy becomes a follower of Jesus and gets baptized. That's a big deal. We have no idea, folks, what, what that simple, by the way, it wasn't that much effort for, for Philip. It really wasn't that much effort. I think sometimes we can talk ourselves out of it because it's going to be a little hard and whatever. By the way, side note, uh, Doug lugging his gener generator all over the town was a lot of work. Some of the stuff that God's going to call us to is going to be simply just having a conversation, making the phone call, sending a text message, praying with somebody. It might be a very simple thing, but it may have really big dividends. I mean, Philip was, was a lot, uh, willing to then share Jesus with him. He got baptized. That's a big deal. And so I can, uh, I'm going to have you write this in on your handout. You write this, write this in. I'll explain a little bit. To be a true goat. Now, some of you have no idea what a goat is. Goat is greatest of all time, okay? To be a true goat in life, selfless service is fundamental in doing so. Folks, if we want greatness to come in our lives, it's not going to be by status. It's not going to be by stuff. It is going to be that we are ultimately the greatest servant we can ultimately be to everyone. That's where greatness is going to come. And what that will do is that will raise the level of influence that we have. I mean, gosh, I don't know. I, I think there are certain people, like I think about, this was not in my notes, but I was thinking uh, just now about a guy named Rich Blackburn. Rich Blackburn is a youth pastor down in Kokomo, Indiana. And man, that dude, like he literally, that was when I was going through the crappiest time. In my, I said crappy again, I'm sorry. Um, that, I was going through the worst time of my life with my dad and his alcoholism and my mom and dad's divorce and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and Rich just showed up time after time after time just to be with me. He was the, he was the, the dad figure that I needed because my dad wasn't there. And all he had to do was just show up and like he would take me out to go get some food. So when we, when we, when we willing to, willingly kind of step into the self-sacrifice, self-service, surrender our time and our money and our resources and all those kinds of things, we may literally change someone's world. That's big. I was thinking about uh, someone who did this with their life beyond Doug and whatnot. And I was thinking about most of us know, like, you know, one of the most famous people who did this, I think was Mother Teresa. The picture, picture of her will come up. If you don't know, I looked her up this week and just all the things, man, it's just incredible. She started Missionaries of Charity, which if you don't know, consists of orphanages, schools, provides housing for people who are dying of HIV, AIDS, leprosy, and tuberculosis, as well as runs soup kitchens, mobile clinics, children, family services, and counseling programs. Basically, they were just like, hey, there's people in need and we're going to serve. And I think most of us would agree as we think about Mother Teresa, right, is that uh, she was an awesome servant, a goat in her own right, and she figured out the value, right? What she did more than anything, she figured out the value to say, I want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. It says in verse 45 of our text, right? It says, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to say it with me, serve, Right? So she, she, you know, she's like, listen, if this is what if following Jesus means is to serve, then I'm going to serve, and I'm going to serve till I can't serve anymore. Now, I'll tell you this. I know not, by the, by the way, my, our expectation is that you're not going to be Mother Teresa, right? I think most of us are not going to be to that extent, right? There was a specific call on her life. But I think a good question for us to consider, especially this year as we, look, many of you have been, been around the last couple weeks, as we try to grow in our discipleship and our depth of knowing Jesus, maybe for the very first time, or we grow into deeper discipleship this year, a great question for us to ask ourselves is this, and do it often. It'll come up on the screen, you can fill it in. Is there someone or a situation that needs my help? 
Is there someone or situation that needs my help? Is there a place where I need to surrender my time, my surrender my effort, surrender my energy, surrender my finances, so that ultimately somebody else can be served, I can help them out, and ultimately this greatness that I so desire. By the way, I think most of us desire greatness in our life. But the greatness that we desire, then that is where it'll start coming, right? It's the, it's the reality. It's the investment of the kingdom of heaven, right? We invest in others. Guess what? We get way more back. Do you know that? Like we can, oh, I was going to go on a tangent. I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> Don't encourage me. All right. So I think it's a good question. I, I really do. I think that we, is there, Lord, is there someone or is there a situation that I could help? I think it's a good thing to, to ask uh, regularly. So that ultimately, right, this rhythm and this pattern thing becomes so second nature to us. I think what, that's one of the things that Doug has worked on over the last uh, couple of decades in his life. It's just now second nature because he's just letting the Holy Spirit wash over him and go serve, wash over him and go serve, wash over him and go serve. And so I want to give you a couple practical things in the midst of this today. Um, so there are many opportunities to serve, by the way, here at the church. And so uh, uh, every weekend you hear us talk about this. This is our discipleship pathway, right? It's W plus two, right? Weekend worship. So come to worship each weekend, find a group, find some place to serve, uh, to connect with other people. And then the third one, even though it's third, it makes it no less important, but is to serve. And so what that means is to find a place out of the 21 teams that we have that you could serve here at the church to find some place to plug in and serve. If you're part of the church family, if you have made Cornerstone Vineyard your church home, there is an expectation, by the way, for you to be plugging in to serve somewhere in the church. It's an expectation. It's why we do it every week. It's why we say that every weekend. Like, hey, come in, get in a group and serve. And it's not because we just like to repeat ourselves all the time, by the way. It's because we, it's a discipleship pathway. When we put the church together, we thought, man, if people come to church, they get in a group and connect a relationship with other people and they serve, man, they're going to be a really great place for discipleship to happen in their life. If you come, you're here, you're with other people and you serve, man, that's, that, you'll be at a really great place to grow. And so to that end, on your way in today, you got one of these cards. If you take that card out, it has a gray box around it. I would appreciate that. I'm going to talk about that for a minute. Um, this list, the 21 crews that we have available that you can serve on right now, you see on there that says the crews in bold are the most in need. Those are the ones really that could use some help right now, especially with the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. So uh, with all of that, I have, um, I have two things I want to say about this. First of all, I know that there are some of you here uh, that you are already serving. And here's what I want you to do with this, with this uh, card. I want you to do nothing. Because here's what, Lee and I just talked about this just, uh, just the other day, is that sometimes, you know, there, there are just certain people like, like Doug or uh, Amy Bateson, who's here as well this morning. Uh, if, when they hear a call like this, they're like, oh, well, I can serve some more. I can do some more, right? And that's not what, uh, what I want you to do. If you're currently serving, all I want you to hear is thank you. Thank you for serving. Thank you for doing everything that you've already done. Do not do anything with this. If, if somebody who's already serving fills up one of the cards, I'm going to probably come hunt you down and tackle you in the snow, Okay. But here's what, I, here's what I want you to say. If you're not currently serving in the church, okay, and you've made this church your home, again, the expectation is as part of a, a family member, because by the way, right, families, right, not only just get to eat food and kick your feet up, right, families serve each other, right? If you're part of the family, there is an expectation for you to serve. So what I want you to do is put your name on that, phone number, email, circle the top two things that you would be willing to explore to serve. And now, exploring means that it's not that you're going to officially be on the team and all that kind of stuff. It's like uh, checking it out. 
okay? And then what Leah's gonna do, she's gonna take all these this week and she's gonna uh, put them all down, get them to the, the small group leader or the, um, the, the crew leaders, and then they'll get in contact with you for the next seven days of potentially opportunities where you can shadow or serve or try to figure that thing out, okay? On the way out today, there's a table out there. You can just place that right in that, that basket that's there and we'll uh, be in contact with you about that, okay? So that's that. Um, and then um, the other one that I wanna talk about is this other one. Take this other green one out. I'll talk about that for a minute. Um, here's what I want to be very, uh, I think this is a very important thing to talk about in the midst of a, of a message like this, is that um, it is important to serve in the church, but I think it's, all, by the way, it's important to serve outside the church, okay? Um, if that's a family member, if that's a friend, if that's a neighbor, whatever, it's important. And so this card represents all of the ministries and organizations that we have supported financially or in other ways over the last year and a half, okay? These are phenomenal organizations. And by the way, they're always, always, always looking for volunteers to come and serve. And so I gave you this list so that ultimately you can maybe look them up online. Maybe you can find a place that in time to serve and maybe uh, check them out and then volunteer with those. A couple I want to highlight is Retta, which is Reason Enough to Act and Right to Life. Uh, if you don't know, January is Sanctity of Life Month. Um, and so uh, it's important, by the way, uh, especially for something uh, for the sake of what God cares about, right? The, the, the lives of unborn children. It matters. And these are two organizations that are doing great things, not just saying, hey, we got to do something about it, but they're actively doing things about it. Okay. And so they're great organizations that you can uh, plug into and they would love to have your help with that. Okay. So check those out uh, as well. Okay. Now, so a couple of practical things. I wanted to give you those because I think that it, I think those are those have become the tangible things, right? It's not just this concept thing out there. All right, so I'm going to close with this. The worship team is going to come get ready. Uh, I want to end with Luke 6:38. It says, "Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For look at this. For the measure you use, we use us as a church use. It will be measured to you. And so, folks, here's the reality. This kind of reiterate this point. We need to engage a regular rhythm of service because life's best. Folks, life's best best comes. A measure of a good measure comes. It gets pressed down into our lives when we look to other people first. We put other people first. And I think it's a rhythm, again, that we need, that's important, that, but I think uh, if you're like me, I can get distracted in, and I think it's super important to re-up on those things uh, every now and then. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.